Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to continue with the names of God and we come to the name El Elyon El Elyon, and I'm excited to look at that and to really dive into it and see what we can learn about God through this name. But before we do that, we're going to continue with our scripture reading, and we're in the book of Ecclesiastes, and so we're going to be reading chapter 6 of Ecclesiastes, and it says this, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, so that he lacks nothing for himself of all he desires, yet God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consumes it. This is vanity, and it is an evil affliction. If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, or indeed he is no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better than he, for it comes in vanity and departs in darkness, and its name is covered with darkness. Though it has not seen the sun or known anything, this has more rest than that man. Even if he lives a thousand years twice, but has not seen goodness, do not all go to one place? All the labor of man is for this mouth, for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. For what more has the wise man than the fool? What does the poor man have who knows how to walk before the living? Better is the sight of his eyes than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and a grasping of wind. Whatever one is, he has been named already, for it is known that he is a man, and he cannot contend with him, who is mightier than he. Since there are many things that increase vanity, how is the how is man the better? For who knows what is good for man in life all the days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow? How can tell or excuse me, who can tell a man what will happen? after him under the sun. And this is an interesting idea because it really has to do with uh, this idea of passing on a legacy and people recognizing you. In fact, it, it, the, uh, the, the preacher goes and he says, look, it's, a, you know, I've looked out and I've seen somebody. And if somebody goes and has a hundred kids and he has all, all this stuff around him, but yet he's, he's forgotten. He's not remembered. He's not honored. We see that, which, what would that mean? It'd mean he didn't rear his children properly. Well, uh, then a stillborn child is better than him. Then that uh, is is better than him. And of course, this is uh, th- this is an incredible indictment that he's saying here that Solomon is saying. But we we see a really interesting concept because, of course, we we know that we can leave a legacy. We can leave a legacy if we're going and walking in faith and passing our faith down. And so if Solomon would realize here that, sure, that's vanity, but there is something that's not vanity, and that is to pass your faith down. In fact, he does ultimately end up come to this conclusion. I'm excited to see that uh, as we continue to progress through Ecclesiastes. But today, we're going to be studying the names of God, and specifically the name El Elyon. And once again, uh, we, we come to this designation L, which is uh, a name that is translated as God. And of course, it can be used with other words, okay? So, 
Um, we we saw it before with El Shaddai, but now we see it with El Elyon here, and it, uh, it is used to designate a particular aspect of God's character. And Elyon literally means most high, and it's used both as an ad, uh, uh, as an adjective uh, and substantively throughout the Old Testament, but it expresses the extreme sovereignty and majesty of God. It, it really is talking about his transcendence and his preeminence in all things. And when these two words are combined, El Elyon, it can be translated as the most exalted God, the most exalted God, or this idea of God most high. In fact, this word Elyon, it's once again El Elyon, it's a masculine noun meaning most high uh, or the highest. And the word is used 31 times in the Old Testament. And the most celebrated use of this word is probably Genesis chapter 14, as Melchizedek was a priest of God most high, or El Elyon. And so the term, in its context, it defines the God whom he served. But in the same passage, Abraham equated the God of the most high, El Elyon, with the Lord his God, or Adonai there, uh, the creator of the heaven and the earth. Which, of course, when we start to look at this idea, the most exalted God, and of course, he, he is, uh, of course, the most exalted God, but then he's the creator of heaven and the earth. It also would be designating that he is the only God. He's the only God. He's ultimately the only God, and we recognize that. Um, but but this is an incredible aspect of God to go and to look at, this aspect of his transcendence and his preeminence in all things. He has the highest preeminence. This means that he is the, the, the most important, and God is always the most important one in the room. He's always the most important one, no matter what we're discussing or looking at. And this is why in your life you should be asking, what does God think about this? before you make a decision. This is really how this applies, is that when we go and we see the lofty one, the supreme one, the highest one, the uppermost one, or the most exalted one, we're understanding it as the point of he is above everything. He is the one who takes first precedence. You know, God does not want second place in your life, and he certainly doesn't want 52nd place in your life. God wants one place in your life, and that is the first place in your life. In fact, he won't settle for 52nd place, nor will he settle for second place. God demands to be first place in your life. And so as you want God to be first place in your life, but also, more importantly, God demands that he is first place in your life, you need to understand that that demand, that preeminence, it's coming from this name, El Elyon. He is the most preeminent. He is the most high. He is the most exalted one. But let's look at some passages of Scripture that use this, this phrase, El Elyon, in it. And the first one is in Genesis 14, as I previously mentioned that, but we're going to be reading verses 14 through 23. And it says this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God Most High, El Elyon. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, El Elyon. And he blessed him, and he said, 
uh, excuse me, blessed be Abram um, of God most high, uh, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, El Elyon, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom uh, said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, El Elyon, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abram rich. We see this here. It is time and time and time again in this passage that he's referred to as the most exalted one or El Elyon, that God is referred that way. And of course, it's through Melchizedek, the king and priest, whom Jesus Christ, it says in the book of Hebrews, that that is the order that Jesus Christ is the high priest of. And we go and we recognize that is then who we as Christians are priests in the order of Melchizedek. But but this is just an incredible thing as we go and we see this. It is clearly seeing that God is most high. In fact, Abram or Abraham, he goes and he's talking to the king of Sodom, who he's going to go and help out in battle. And he says, look, I'm not going to be taking anything. I'm not going to be taking anything at all from this plunder of this battle because I don't want anybody to say that 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 you made me rich. And why? It's because he's looking at the Most High God, and he's keeping his vow, even in his finances, whether that's through going and giving a tenth or not by getting paid off by a king uh, or, or a politician. He's going and saying, look, God has preeminence. He is the Most High God, and he's the one who even makes my financial decisions. That's incredible. Just absolutely incredible. We're going to look at a few other passages of Scripture, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8, and it says this, When the Most High, or El Elyon, divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. And here, once again, we see that God is Most High, and he is the one who can even go and be above nations. He's even above nations in all of the sons of Adam, which of course that's everybody, but he goes and he is the one who is transcendent and should be preeminent even among nations. That's what this is saying here in Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. In 2 Samuel uh, 22 verse 14, it says this, the Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. We see there once again that phrase El Elyon in the Most High uttered his voice. In Psalm 717, it says this, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing the praise to the name of the Lord Most High or El Elyon. Of course, he is worthy of praise and worthy of your worship. This is something that's important to understand with this name El Elyon is that God is worthy of your worship. You know, nothing else is worthy of your worship other than God, but because God is preeminent, because he is uh, before all things, he is above all things, he's transcendent, he is worthy of worship, and you ought to worship him, and you ought to praise him. You know, when you think about the names and the character of God, it ought to drive you to a place of worship, because he is worthy of worship. Psalm 18 verse 13 says this, 
The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. You know, even in judgment, God can judge. Why? Because he is the Most High. And so when we judge something, we ought to simply be we ought to simply be agreeing with the judgments that God has already made. That's ultimately what we should be doing. But God is above everything, so therefore he does have the position, the authority to make judgments. Psalms, Psalm 21, verse 7, it says this, For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, El Elyon, he shall not be moved. You know, it's not just that God is above nations. It's not just that he is able to go and to judge others, but it is specifically that he is above kings, and kings only have stability when they put their trust in the Lord. You know, government agencies, civil governments only have true stability, true effective righteous stability when they put their trust in El Elyon, when they recognize there is someone that is above them. There is a law that's higher. There is a God that's higher. And so, therefore, they turn to that God, which is El Elyon, our God. Psalm 47, verse 2 says this, For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. And here we see this again, El Elyon. He is the preeminent one. He is the king of all the earth. He is the ruler of all of the earth. All authority that anybody has that's legitimate is delegated from God. And so, therefore, the only way to keep it legitimate is to obey God. Isn't that incredible? To not recognize that truth, to go and to say maybe we should have morally neutral laws, or to go and to say, you know, it, it, it's okay if we have a leader who doesn't look to God, a civil leader. Well, it's denying the fact that God is El Elyon. It's misunderstanding the fact that he is the transcendent one. He is the one who is above all and above everyone. Psalm 78 and verse 17, 35 and 56, it says this, But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High, El Elyon, in the wilderness. Verse 35, Then they remembered that God was their rock and the Most High, El Elyon, God, their Redeemer. In verse 56, Yet they tested and provoked the Most High God, El Elyon, and he uh, excuse me, and did not keep his testimonies. Here we see a lot of the failures of Israel, but we see that when somebody sins, it's ultimately against God. And now it might be against other people as well, but ultimately every sin is against God because he is above everyone and he is the highest, most holy standard. He is transcendent and he is transcendent in all of his ways. He is transcendent in his standard, transcendent in his holiness, transcendent in his righteousness. So therefore, when we sin, we are sinning against God. But then we do need to remember that God is the rock and the redeemer. And the only way he could be the rock and the redeemer, the one who brings stability, is if he's above the fray, right? If he's above the tumult, if he's above the great storm that's going on in our life. And the only way that he could be the redeemer is if he is above sinning, which of course we know he is. That's El Elyon. 
That's what it's talking about. One more passage of Scripture here this morning. Psalm 97, verse 9, it says this, For you, Lord, are most high above the earth, and you are exalted far above all gods. And this is important to go and to understand, because what this is saying is that God is above it all. He is the Most High. He is El Elyon. He is the Exalted One. It doesn't matter if people are trying to worship the earth or they're trying to prop up other gods. God is above all of that. They can think that they're doing something, but they're not. He is above it all. And so today, I just want to challenge you to remember who God is and how He is exalted, how He should have first place or preeminence in your life. And that's every area of your life because he is El Elyon. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising. Then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now while you wait, lift up a victory shout. Though you may not yet see it, you can believe it. The work is already done.